so evil and so sinister. Uh, if you're, well, you've probably already heard this. This, hopefully, you made it in into uh, yesterday's podcast, deep into yesterday's podcast. First one here with the uh, new show hours. Travis Scott, the plan from the movie Tenant. Not any kind of Travis Scott album. He made this with the uh, producer of the soundtrack, Ludwig Göransson, for the movie. I was looking for new intro music, and here we go. I was going to say good morning, but we don't do that anymore. Uh, It's day two of me doing the unnamed afternoon show. It's not going to be the afternoon reboot or anything like that. It's just going to be, hi, it's Eric on the afternoon show, Q105. Um... Thanks for everybody that reached out. I I can't answer every single question as candidly and as honestly as I'd like because some of these are my private business. Um, I adapt, as I told you yesterday. No human being likes change, even the ones that say they like it. I don't like change, but I am very good at adapting. In in day two in this new role, I think I've already adapted. Knocked out the show. Um, we've got we've got two people, two visitors on today's podcast episode. Let me give you a couple of things quickly. Um, and it wasn't in the Blade story done by Kirk Baird and um, my general manager, my market manager, Dana DeMonica, who I adore working for. Um I'm so glad that she connected with people at the Blade and 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 didn't give some nonsense cliche quotes. I mean, this is what the station is, and and I'm happy with a lot of the work that we put into it, and it's a building process, and it's only going to continue to get better because it's day two into this thing. Two things that weren't in that article, Dana only has so much time to, to throw words at Kirk uh, that I want to give you a heads up for new parts of Q105. Well, well one, it wasn't in the article. This podcast is still going to be going on. Obviously, as you know, bigger and better than ever. Guests coming up. Those guests. Uh, Allison Schroeder from Nature's Nursery. Alice has been on uh, with us before. And also, we'll catch up. I will catch up with Caitlin Durbin, uh, a writer, reporter, investigator, successful podcaster with The Blade because she has wrapped up the first season of Code 18 Unsolved, the story of the this the disappearance of Alvin Darrow. Those two ladies to come shortly. First, a couple of things. That other thing. On Q105, we're doing at least 15 songs in a row, 12 times a day. Got that? That's a lot of music. At least 15 songs in a row, 12 times a day. And that's going to happen several times on my show. Oh, and the other thing Dana couldn't get to in the in the story um, was our big new Q105 launch promotion is we're giving away a new PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X. Um Twice on my show, three and six, and then twice with Brew, who does middays, uh, 11 and one, and then three and six with me. We'll take caller 10 every day during the week, and um, you'll get qualified to pick one of those machines if you're the grand prize winner, and you will win it before basically any other human on earth. And I know that as of right now, uh, Xbox has announced their pre orders September 22nd. It's $4.99, it'll go on sale November 10th. Um, as of this recording, I've been offline for a couple of hours, so Sony might have released what they're doing for pre-orders. I know I put my email address or my PlayStation username into something a couple of weeks ago, so I hope I'm in the running, kind of like what Nike does in their sneakers app. But you can qualify to win one of those new machines. Then when we get our hands on one, I can't see why we wouldn't have it by the end of the year when these things come out. Um You get it. So there you go. At least 15 songs in a row, 12 times a day, and win a PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X. Um, I see the City Papers uh, Best of Toledo Awards are out. Uh, We've won Best Podcast the last couple of years. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's a nice little little honor. I want to have you, I want to have you, I believe they're already nominated, but I want to have you vote for somebody else. Somebody we've talked about. um, Jesse Coleman. And the 419 Grind podcast. I'm pretty sure they've already been nominated, but go over to the City Papers website and please vote for the 419 Grind podcast. Jesse invited me on the show a couple of weeks ago. We spent like three hours talking and it was nothing like what I expected. Um, What a great dude. What an enlightening guy who is... He is a different lifestyle than me, but so welcoming and so open and such great discussion about everything from him being a dad to working a Jeep. Um, 
sports we liked, teams we liked growing up, video games we, we liked growing up. We, we had so much in common, yet we were such different people. Um, and it was phenomenal. They do a, a morning show on Facebook every day. Jesse has an incredible podcast set up, and I want to help him as much as I can. So I'm putting them on your radar. Um, I'm always going to support other people that are working hard and doing good quality work, especially local people. And I don't know how. I told you, Jesse works at Jeep. He's on the line. Um, and he, he was telling me some stories of like what it was like trying to build those cars with COVID lingering and what it's like now. And is it safe? Um, so somehow he's working long, hard shifts at Jeep, being a dad. Jesse, are you dating? Um, but still finding a way to crank out all these podcast episodes. And his presentation uh, across all social media platforms and everything is incredible. It is 1000% professional. 419 Grind podcast. Please vote for them. Best of Toledo. Um, it sounds too arrogant and filled with hubris for me to say, I am passing that award on to Jesse. But um, even if we have never won one, no, I would I would want one to be acknowledged, but we're up and running. And I want you to know about uh, Jesse and his crew and what they do. And like I said, we did like a three-hour podcast. We just kept going and going. If I didn't have to go to, damn, I had something going on that evening and or else we would have just kept going for five hours deep into the night. So vote for the 419 Grind podcast. Um, I loved, I haven't talked about it much here on this podcast. Yeah, because I've bailed on the show. There was a show called, well, I think it's in the last season. There's a show called Vikings on the History Channel. And I, a girl that I went out with a few times got me hooked on it. And that was the best thing that came out of that thing. Because it's one of my favorite shows that I've watched of the last five years. It's up there with everything else that I have adored. And I'm not talking necessarily about the big ones, like the obvious ones, like Game of Thrones, Walking Dead when it was still good. But some of these other shows I've, I've fallen into. The one that's coming back, The the Haunting of Hill House and the first season of Altered, Altered Carbon. You've heard me talk about how much I love Dark. Um, Vikings was right up there with that. Until a certain historical point and then I kept going with it I was like no they just don't these these they just don't have it anymore um Game of Thrones had some very complex plots not so complex people at least this is how I'll make the comparison Game of Thrones had some very complex plots uh we were all theorizing there were billions of Reddit theories and clues and Easter eggs, and we're all trying to put this puzzle together. Who's Jon Snow? Ned Stark? Wait a second. What? Everybody was trying to put it together. So Vikings is kind of the converse of that. The plots are very straightforward. Vikings go and conquer shit. But the people were very complex, but not like Christopher Nolan Tennant complex. Deeply complex emotions, but not cheesy CW universe stuff, not like Arrowverse stuff. Um, complicated people because I'll, I'll mini spoiler here. So Ragnar is a semi-historical figure, I think. So this goes back into uh, what the first millennium. So you're talking like the 6th, 7th, and 8th centuries. So 1,200 years ago. We don't have great data or information about that stuff. So it's semi Historical. In fact, they say, this is in Wikipedia, Ragnar might not have been one person, but many people. Kind of like an idea. And I, there's a good comparison out there I can make of that. Kind of like how uh, Christopher Nolan, The Dark Knight, Batman is a symbol. Anybody can be Batman if they are so inspired. And that might be Ragnar. And he's a brilliant, enthusiastic, charismatic character. What am I getting to? That actor... I can't tell you anymore, is on a new HBO show. And when I passed, there's a girl that I know on Facebook and she loves him. His name is Travis Fimmel. He is not on any other shows besides Vikings that I am aware of. He is not a big mega Hollywood star. He looks like, oh shit, Charlie. He is a cross between Channing Tatum. He's a cross between a pale Channing Tatum and Charlie Hunnam. Good. I got you interested. That's uh, that's Ragnar Travis Fimmel on Vikings. I saw that he's on a new HBO Max show. So at the very least, it got me to download HBO Max, which I get for free, and you do too if you're an AT&T customer. It's called Raised by Wolves. I thought it was historical, but I think it's more fantasy molded. 
Um, the girl I sent it to, she's like, I don't know, but he's hot. So might be something you want to check out. Uh, uh, he strikes me as an actor who is very choosy with his roles. So when he picks a show, it's going to have a good script. It's going to have a good story. There'll be other talented actors, even if you don't know the faces in the show. So it might be worth something to check out, especially if you're like me and you like these big epic shows. I think that's it for today. Uh, For me here, hold on, interviews to come. Um, We're still trying to figure out all of our schedules. Uh, It looks like Floyd and Alex and I will record tomorrow at 7 a.m. So you'll get an early morning podcast as you're used to. And... Uh, I saw the mayor where the city announced they want to do something with some some trouble some trouble spot neighborhoods uh, where there's where there's some some people acting a fool like a lot of the gun violence we've had a lot of gun violence we've had a lot of murders this year and they want to have violence interrupters not a not a phrase that rolls off the tongue but I know what the mayor and those people were were talking about and I think that there is there's some hopefulness there and I do think that these people are in neighborhoods. People, I hate that clout has been, I used to say savage all the time. Then Riata started using it and it became your buzzword, your pop culture buzzword. And now apparently clout has been taken away from me by Instagram and other influencers. I like, so there are people whose voice and stature holds weight in these neighborhoods. Um, people who can jerk on chains, people who can grab somebody by the shirt and go, this is not going to happen in this neighborhood anymore. This stops. I had a TPD um, friend tell me a couple of years ago when there was a bunch of usual summer violence. I'm like, dude, why can't you, you, why can't you stop this stuff? He's like, because the neighborhood doesn't want to talk. Nobody wants to be a snitch. So they can't do anything about it. But there are violence interrupters in these neighborhoods who if enough people gather around them who will put their foot down and go, enough of this shit here, it it will stop, I think. But I will let Alex and Floyd speak on that because they are far more knowledgeable about that than me. First guest, who do you want? Who do you want? Uh, first up, let's do Caitlin Durbin from The Blade, uh, reporter, investigator, successful podcaster. She did uh, the, a true crime podcast, Code 18, about the disappearance of of Alvin Darrow. Then after that, we'll catch up with Allison Schroeder from Nature's Nursery, what they have going on, the fox that was hit on the trail, and uh, Battle of the Birdhouses. And then I'll throw a bye in at the end. It's another visit. It's podcast on podcast crime, but true crime in this case. Caitlin Durbin, intrepid reporter, investigator, and now successful podcaster from The Blade is back on this podcast because season one of Code 18 is done. Sigh of relief, Caitlin. Yes, I'm so happy to have the first season behind us, and it seems to be successful so far, so I'm so happy about that. So, as I mentioned to you, and I always want to be as candid and as forthcoming as as I can be, true crime is not my thing like it's everybody else's. Um, so, I listened to the first episode, and I like just kind of brushed it off. I was like, ah, Caitlin is a solid <laughs> podcaster. All good here. Back to my sports and, and EDM podcasts. So, what was the feedback that you were getting? You were releasing episode by episode, week after week. It was the Alvin Darrow case. A guy went missing. Can we talk about the conclusion of the podcast or do we want to dangle that as a carrot? Give me some of the feedback that you've gotten and then where things stand now or however much you want to reveal. Yeah, so when we started this, you know, we let people know there's going to be eight parts to this season. Um, And it was so interesting to me to get feedback from people along the way. Each episode, their ideas of who did it and who was responsible for his disappearance changed. So initially, after episode one, they were like, oh, 100%, um, it's Rocky Conley. And then in episode two, they were like, oh, well, could it be these motorcycle owners? And then, you know, as it moves on, they keep changing the suspect. And so that's been interesting for me um, to go through that process with them. And that's why I laid it out. I laid out the story the way that I did, because I wanted people to consider all the options. And that's what makes this case so unique is that there are so many options of people that could have done something to Alvin. You just have to decide which is the most likely suspect. Do you want to tell us what the conclusion was or should we just leave that out there? Because I don't know. 
And you don't so, have no, you don't have to if you don't want there to. There is no real conclusion. Okay. There is no real conclusion because it's still an unsolved case. Okay. I do not think that that is going to remain unsolved forever. Oh. Um, so definitely subscribe because any updates to the status, we will do a new podcast episode on. And I can say, you know, we started out with eight episodes and in the middle of this, a new person who I couldn't reach before listened to the podcast and said, hey, you're about to talk about me. I want to share my own story. How about that? And so I added a bonus episode. Um, It's like seven in between episodes seven and eight where you get to hear him tell his own story. Awesome. And I know that when we talked from the outset, even uh, off of this podcast, that you were like, TPD was like, do whatever you want with it because we can't figure it out. And they were usually they're pretty closed off when it comes to investigations, but they actually were looking forward to what you could pull out. Somebody like that with all of this, right? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing new to them in the sense that they've talked to all of the players that I talked to on the podcast. But as you hear in episode five, um, Tim Darrow changes his story a little bit. So he provides information to me that he never gave to police before. And that may be the case with Michael Johnson, who steps forward in episode, in the bonus episode between seven and eight. So it has proved a benefit to them. They shared all of this information and now they're getting some of the feedback and some new um, evidentiary tips. Look at that. Yeah, which I know that you were hopeful for. Um, I'm I'm so happy for you that this played out the way that it would because I know how avid and rabid true crime fans are. And I know, so I think it was when you first, so I remember like little things like this. To me, it's something big. And I don't know if you remember it or not. I think it was when you first got here. I just threw out a nebulous tweet, just like something total stream of consciousness nonsense. I was like, just because you can podcast doesn't mean you should podcast or something like that. And you, you, I think you messaged me like, what does it mean to be a good podcaster? And I don't know if you (laughs) took offense. Do you remember that tweet? I don't remember that, but it sounds like something I would do. Okay. Yeah. You were not pleased that I, I thought that there, and there is a low barrier for entry for, for podcast. And that's why I was so pleased when uh, I, I literally, I listened to the first episode because I wanted to do, we are uh, us legacy media types, us, the TV people, you guys at the Blade, all this stuff, not not the new hip internet stuff. We're all in this together. It's a tough job. We don't get paid a lot. We're always working and we're trying for every okay. click, every listen, every viewer we can get. So I'm always going to support my people. Um, and I, I listened to the first episode and I was listening as as a media person. And I was like, this is beautifully constructed the way you spoke and, um, went through the notes and outlined the story. And then I think it was the first break in the podcast. And I don't remember cause it was how many ever weeks ago, the first episode came out, you had a plot twist and my ears perked up and I switched from, uh, like media person into listener. And, and then I just wrapped it up. And like I said, I just dusted my hands off and I was like, Caitlin's got this. This is awesome. And I'm going to talk about <laughs> this every week on the show. Because again, I know people love true crime and I'm so glad that you got so much feedback of people playing along because I mean, again, we, as we've talked about, it's sad that this happened, but people get interested. They get involved and this is real life. Yeah. And that's what I love so much about doing unsolved cases because With a lot of podcasts, it's more informative. So they take a case that's already concluded and they said, here's how we got from point A to point B. But with an unsolved case, it's still active. And so I am growing with the podcast and I have to adjust to any new developments like we saw here in the Alvandero case. And that's what makes it exciting and fresh. Because even though he disappeared three years ago, it's still ongoing today and new information is still coming out today i remember the tease um when you said that he had uh the person that you interviewed lied to police only something about like a shooting and people running out of houses only so he could get some some police interest because they weren't coming quick enough did i did i get that right yes that was rocky conley alvin's friend um he was was supposed to meet alvin at home that day to look at a stolen motorcycle, whether he knew it was stolen or not is unclear. But um, 
when he arrived, he couldn't find Alvin. And so it develops into this 911 call where he comes up with this false story that he says he heard from Kim and kind of regurgitated as if it was happening right then and there to try to get police to come quicker. But that story, that lie, made him very suspicious to listeners. Yeah. So we still don't really know what all happened with that. Again, I remember dumb little things like this. I was finishing up at the gym on the treadmill, hearing about, like, this guy saying, I heard pop, 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 and people running out of these houses, and I'm thinking about the climate that we're in, because I think he said that they were, because you did mention the skin color that 911 operator did. I'm like, oh, my God, this this is in the, in the climate that we're in. And then I'm home walking the dogs a couple of minutes later, and then there's the plot twist that he made it up, and I think I screamed out, lock that dude up. You can't lie to the 911 people. <laughs> so, again, that goes how to how you constructed it, and it was beautifully done and professionally done, and it was absolutely brilliant. And I hope you're, uh, you're, you told me that uh, part of the reason you came to The Blade was they wanted you to expand some of their digital stuff, and I hope they patted you on the back or gave you some Starbucks gift, gift cards because you, you hit a home run. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Even though I've done a podcast, a true crime podcast in Colorado before, this is the first time that I've had full creative control. And so I'm just so excited that people are responding to it and and it's actually making a difference so far. Did you have help? Because this is a big undertaking. They're, they're just to... to bring people up to speed here there's a couple of different kinds of podcasts our podcast is where we talk about lifestyle stuff and it's mostly conversation some interviews you are constructing a narrative and this takes a lot of time and preparation so what kind of help did you have putting it together yeah so uh, because we're so short-staffed as is every media outlet um <laughs> i had to do a lot of the heavy lifting myself but um, Phil Kaplan is our producer, and so I worked with him on perfecting the sound, making sure all the clips, the audio is clear, adding the music. Um, Danielle Gamble, she helps produce our new slide um, pages, and she was a music major, and so she actually produced our original theme music. So I just kind of, we pulled talents from across the newsroom to help enhance the podcast. Um, and I think it worked really well. I'm really proud of the talents that we have there. Yeah, you should be super polished. Um, I, I know you're just kind of like taking a breath now after season one's wrapped up um, and, and we're in the middle of this, the set situation over over Hunter's Ridge. Um, have people reached out to you for, for other cases that you could look into for a, a season two? What's what's next? Because this is not a, 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 a one-shot deal here. This is going to be something big. Yeah, I've actually received a lot of emails from folks asking that I look into their loved one's case next. Um, we have not chosen our case yet, so people continue to send me, you know, those suggestions. I will work with TPD to decide on the next case because it depends a lot on um, what they think is going to make a difference. Sure. You know, we don't want this to just be for entertainment. We want it to have value. So depending on what case they think could use the boost. But I have selected three that I'm most interested in, and I think the community will be too. So it's just a matter of, you know, let's get past the election, and then I'll announce the next case. <laughs> what is, uh, so there's the timeline a little bit. There's nothing that, that we as humans dislike more these days than when our favorite things go away for two years. Um, so <laughs> what could potentially be the timeline for a next batch of episodes in season two? Or And I know that that's probably pretty fluid depending on what TPD can help you out with and otherwise, but do you have a ballpark time frame for when you could get another season out? I mean, I have to think realistically. Every anytime a new new story breaks, I get pulled away from the podcast to right. help with that. Um, it took me about three months of reporting to do the Alvin Darrow case, and then of course that got interrupted by COVID, and then we came back. But I would say um, after the new year is when they can expect a new season to be ready. That's pretty quick. That's four months, five months. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, I, I mean, we work fast in good. this business. You know that. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I I do have like a work question for you. Like I, and if you can't answer it, that's totally fine. Um, 
it, so I know that the blade part of your job, part of your work, your workday responsibilities is putting this podcast together. But you also have stories to work on on a, on a daily basis, right? How do you divide up that time so that you don't overwork yourself? Well, I've learned to be a multitasker <laughs> over the years. All of um, us. A lot of it comes down to just communicating with my editors. Like, I need to get this done for the podcast or it's not going to run. And so they've been pretty lenient, giving me the time and space to do what I need to make sure the podcast is ready, while also, you know, contributing to our daily stories. I do a lot of the coronavirus coverage now. So that's my main focus. Then we'll switch into the election, and then I'll get back to podcast. Good. Um, yeah, and I know, again, your, your bosses wanted you there because of your digital savvy and your podcast experience before, and I'm glad that they're not, they, they haven't treated it as, that podcast thing, just leave that alone. It'll take care of itself. So I'm, I'm glad that they, they see the vision there as well. And I'm, I'm happy here that, you know, um, my bosses get that as well. They actually walked in a little while ago in a prior interview, and they're like, are you podcasting? I'm like, yes. Um, congratulations. Uh, what other questions? Oh, what is your, uh, what's your SpaghettiOs recipe? Do you want to share that with the world? <laughs> that wasn't SpaghettiOs. That was a chickpea soup. Chickpea soup. What, what's your chickpea soup recipe? Um, it has curry in it and coconut milk. And I use a homemade, um, tomato juice base. From nice. my grandma's garden. Very nice. And then you add chickpeas and you garnish it with onions and um, cilantro. Very good. Your dad's wrong. Somebody's going to, some nice man or whoever's going to eat that up and, and be like, this is the best <laughs> thing ever. And chickpeas are. Must are, love onions. And chickpeas, I, I my mom ate them when I was a little boy on her salad. And I was like, ew, they're slimy. But chickpeas are drastically underrated. They're so versatile. I agree. Do you, uh, how long have you been here now? Do you like being here? Yeah, I've been here a little over a year now, and Ohio is home for me, so I've really enjoyed it. What's your? What did you know about the Toledo area before you got, got here a year ago? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. The first time I even visited the Toledo area was when I uh, came for a job interview. And what have you come to really like or dislike or just notice about it because the the good band there are a lot of negatives in what we do one of them is as you've illustrated and people know with me we move a lot but the good thing with what we do is we get to know an area pretty quickly faster than than a normal person so what what are your your observations about the area well for me i will always be a country girl so i love that it has all of the big city amenities without actually being a big city. I can't deal with traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. And I love the metro parks because I'm a, really into being outdoors. And I bought a bike over the summer and I kayak like every week. So I've really enjoyed having access to the metro parks. Yeah, uh, you're right. It's nice to have a, a good medium-sized city and then uh, drive 20 minutes in any direction. And you've got different kinds of country life all over. Exactly. Um, it's just so versatile here. It, it really is. And then, you know, we're so close. We, you can ride up to Detroit. You can really take a l- long trip out to Chicago. I mean, there's a lot of great things about living here. I mean, I've made it my home. I'm originally from Philadelphia, and I've moved to a lot of different places. But um, I've decided to stay here because there's there's a lot of good reasons. And there's a, you know, we as you well know, we only hear about the bad stuff. But there are a lot of good things. There's a lot of good people here. I agree. I have no plans of leaving anytime soon me neither uh what are you working on now that the podcast is behind you story-wise besides just is it just covid stuff like day-to-day covid stuff and then the election nightmare in in a month or so yeah that's um coronavirus coverage mostly focusing right now on what's happening in the schools or going to be happening as more schools go online or and try to transition to in person so i'll be following that closely what uh? What happened with the TPS hacking? <laughs> we still don't know a lot of details, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, the FBI and their cybersecurity company was supposed to be looking into it, but they have not released details on who was behind the hacking. I just I want to know what was hacked into the system. Like, did uh did something adult show up, or was it like uh, an episode of The Simpsons? But I'm surprised we haven't read more of those stories with. 
all the discussion all summer long how so much would be online. You'd think that hackers were just standing by waiting to pop into these things. Right. And I think you're seeing across the country, a lot of schools are dealing with the same issue because hackers know how vital that online service is. Right. And I don't know if we're talking about like high level Chinese intelligence hackers. It's probably 10th graders who just want to get out of class. (laughs) If so, they are Killed. I, they, they are, but they, I mean that—that's who I would guess that these people are. Who was it? Was it um, I think the Twitter hack a couple of weeks ago, not not that long ago. Somebody that got Elon Musk and some other people. I think it was a couple of seventeen-year-olds. That really is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're we're old people. Uh, we're are you TikTok savvy? No, I've oh. never been on TikTok. Yeah, then you're, you're definitely old. That Not being on TikTok just added 10 years to however old you actually are. <laughs> yeah, um, I, uh, I'm not up on all that technology. Um, well, good to chat with you. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes, and I am so glad for all the success for, again, Code 18, uh, Unsolved, the true crime podcast from The Blade, completely free, available on any and all uh, podcast apps that you can get. And um, let's uh, let's do this again. Maybe one of these days we'll uh, I'll run into you. Do, do you. Are you a coffee drinker like the rest of uh, your people usually are? I don't drink coffee. That's terrible. But I like tea or chai. Okay. How about how about this? Um, I'm pretty buddy buddy with Sarah, and I miss my friend Lauren Lindstrom. Uh, Lauren is very against the fact that I adore candy corn, and Sarah is team candy corn. Where are you on on candy corn? I definitely eat candy corn. Good for it's you. It's not a favorite, but I like it. Good for you, because you know what? There are some real candy corn haters out there. Yeah, everyone seems to have an opinion on that, but it it really I don't see anything wrong with it. It's the fall season's pineapple on pizza. Re- people really get like if you ever want to get somebody out of a political argument or a religious argument, like you see like some Republican and, and Democrat ready to come to blows, go, "Wait a second, what about candy corn? It'll get even hotter." See, I eat pineapple on pizza, too, so maybe I just like all the things that are controversial. Yeah, hey, you know what? Doing what you do, getting deeper into podcasting, you're going to be a star. Oh, thanks, Eric. All right, Caitlin. Good to chat with you. Uh, thanks for all your hard work, and I will run into you one of these days, all right? Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks, Caitlin. Bye. Hello, Uh Hello, this is Eric. Well, hello, Eric. How are you? I am well. How are you? Are you, are you okay to chat now, or do I have to speak to an assistant of yours or an intern or something like that? Smarty pants. I am good to chat right now. Good. Let's talk about uh, nature's nursery. I'm glad you. I'm glad you reached out. So yes, it's it's afternoon show stuff now, and um, maybe when we're allowed to have visitors again, that'll be more conducive to your schedule. Wait, you get up at 4 a.m. like I used to, right? I I'm actually more on my game at 4 a.m. Look than at I this. Am at 4 p.m. You you know, other than some people who are disappointed that I've moved to the afternoon, you're like the only one who's like. I I am better at 4 a.m. All right. Well, there we go. I, yeah, that's more my time of day. I don't know. Oh, God. Strange, it, strange internal clock. What can I say? Well, good good for you because people are like, you know, you'll get used to it. You never get used to waking up that early unless you're like you and you're completely wired that way. So nothing. Yep. And and you work out that early too, right? I do. Yeah, you can, you can go. Do. You can drop a dumbbell on your head because you're the worst kind of person. You're- I don't know. I get and and then I jump right into my work and I get caught up on work stuff before the kids get up and then we start the whole virtual learning nonsense. So yeah. it's it's just, it's working really well right now. Once we wrap up uh, nature's nursery stuff, I want to ask you kids stuff because you're you're a good resource of of mom things, um, and you still talk to people at Levis, right? I do. Okay, uh-huh. I, have a, I have a whole slew. I, you couldn't have reached out on a better day because I have so many Allison questions. Oh, let's. Um, I have so many Allison answers. Well, I, I would hope I, ho- I would hope so. There's no better Allison Schroeder from Nature's Nursery than you. I did say your last name, right? Right? You did. I always forget if it's Sh- Schroeder or Schrader. But first Schroeder. things first, last week um, I saw a story that you guys were taking care of a fox that was hit on the trail. Yeah. What the hell happened? It was hit. Yeah, it was hit on the Anthony Wayne Trail. Some people found it. 
and it was late. It was it was well after our hours. But uh, Laura from Nature's Nursery it has had some also interesting sleep patterns, and she happened to be awake. So it was like midnight, and the message came through on Facebook, and she started responding and walked them through what to do for the evening to keep it safe. And then by the next morning, they brought it in. And, um, yeah, it, we, we did x-rays. We did all the, the typical tests. And it was, it was not, it was not do, feeling real well. We think that, you know, got hit on the head pretty good. There was no broken bones. But we've had it in our care ever since. And she's doing phenomenal. We've, we've you know, given her, given her meds, steroids, things like that to just kind of help keep her comfortable as she healed and recovered. And she's looking to be able to be released, hopefully, in the next few days. All right, I have so many questions. First up, <laughs> did you guys give her a name? Well, now wait, you know I'm not the animal expert. Right? I know, so I, and I don't have, well, I think you'll be. Don't ask me about their, their DNA or their, you know, uh, blood type. All right. No, I'm not going to be able to answer all that. Nothing medical, just general stuff. First things first, did you give her a name? Nope, we do not name the animals that we're releasing on purpose. We don't want to get attached to That's them. That's right. We don't want to treat them like pets. We want to maintain that um, wildlife, you know, window there that we're, we're, we're keeping that barrier up so that they do not get too comfortable with us. All right. Next question. And, and maybe this is out of your scope of knowledge, but I'll, I'll, I think it's general enough to throw your way besides like you and Casey, do we have a lot of foxes in this area? Ah, listen to how you pulled that in. So there are actually a lot of foxes. In fact, in my neighborhood out in White House, which is about two miles from Nature's Nursery, we had a fox family living in my one neighbor's backyard this spring. Um, They're around more than we realize. We don't see them a lot. They tend to be out more at night. Um, But they are around. And uh, they're very... They don't get injured as easily as some of the other wildlife, so we don't get a ton of them in. the mothers are very protective and keep the babies in the den and close close by, but there are quite a bit of fox around. Okay. It was really on my radar because obviously I don't want to see animals injured. And, and the thought of, uh, and I know the trail is really long, but when I think of the trail, I'm like the zoo area or like pumping into downtown. And the last thing I would ever expect to see is a fox, like walking towards Collingwood or something. But so I've been playing this video game lately. I'm, I'm done it now, but it's like the, it's the best video game I've ever played. And it takes, it's a samurai saga over in Japan. And one of the important parts of the game is following foxes to these shrines. And then you can, you can, you can pet the fox. And every time I see one of these foxes in the game, I think it looks like one of, I have a couple of friends who have corgis, and now I, I think of foxes as uh, corgis with tails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About that, yeah, and they're almost a similar size. Yeah, so that's... So, well, wait a minute. Let's go back to this video game. Okay. Um, I'm thinking maybe you need to get out more. That's... No, not at all. What's wrong with pies? No? Come on, you... Ooh. I don't know any... I don't know much about your, your dude, but I know that, you know... Plenty of dudes around our age grew up in the video game era, and it's not weird for people our age to still play video games. All I can relate to right now is my old Atari and the Frogger game where you had to jump across the road and dodge the car. Right. Well, uh, this was a samurai the game. Fox game. Yeah, I, I remember. So this is much more advanced, and it would be like watching a, a movie, I guess, for you. But it was... It was very encompassing, and it it really saved me a trip to ancient feudal Japan because it was it was beautiful to just watch and and peaceful in many ways. But it really like injected foxes into my life, and then well, you, your story and you then need to come out. I, I will come on I, out and see the fox before it's gone. And then you know we've always got Lenny. Lenny's our education fox. He was an animal that somebody had tried to keep as a pet, and he's at Nature's Nursery full time because. They tried to release him into the wild, and he was going up to people begging for sandwiches and wanting his belly rub, and he was never going to survive in the wild. So he is an education ambassador at Nature's Nursery, and in a few years when we have a new building and can be open to the public, people will be able to come and see Lenny, and he absolutely loves the attention. Lenny, so you got to come out and see him. Lenny the fox, right? Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Lenny the can yep. I Can I pet him or anything? You, you can't pet Lenny, no. I can't? 
facts are, uh, you know, there there are species that are can carry rabies. So only people who have had their rabies vaccine can go into an enclosure with a fox. So he, well, I don't even pet Lenny. So he can ask me for sandwiches, but I can't pet him. Did I get that right? Exactly. Cool. I know it's not fair. Okay. The world is just very unjust like that. But then you're gonna make me pet a snake, like when you scared the shit out of Floyd when when you were here before. Yeah, no, um, these snakes don't carry rabies, so you're good there. No venomous snakes around. There are no venomous snakes here where we live? Next time I come in, I'm bringing a skunk. Why would you do that? Why not? Just see the look on your face. It'll be perfect. I, I think skunks are kind of cute. Um, but, they and, are cute. And they are. What kind of animal species are they? Like, who are they related to? Skunks? Yeah. Um... I, I, yeah, they're. Are, are they like rodents? Rodent, right? Okay, and then yeah. I'm guessing your skunk is de-skunked, right? Um, we don't we don't have an education skunk. It would be baby skunks that I would God. probably bring in. Baby so, skunks, you know, but they still spray. Baby skunks still spray. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know our our. Well, I guess you know our friend. Uh, you know Jody, right? Jody, Jody, our Jody. Your Jody. Our jo- okay. Our sure. jo- you remember our Jody, right? Right. Okay, well, her dog got skunked a couple of weeks ago, and it was bad. Like, it was a bad skunking. Like, it took a lot of, like, tomato paste and to get that smell out. But but uh, I think it was Sc- Scarlet. Scarlet got got the Mike Tyson of skunkings. There's, there's no such thing as a good skunking, but I right. definitely can relate to a bad skunking. So, um, a couple more minutes. What's mm-hmm. Battle of the Birdhouses? Is that like Battle of the Bands? Yeah. It kind of is. Okay. It's more fun, okay. in my opinion, especially, what? you know, in COVID world where things have to be distant. So, what, what is it? Well, so, we are um, asking people to register to build a birdhouse. And right. you don't have to be a professional birdhouse builder. You don't, in fact, we don't want a professional birdhouse builder. We want people to get creative and make birdhouses of whatever is in their imagination. And we are then going to have those birdhouses auctioned off online. And the birdhouse that sells for the most money will that team win. And Perfect. I will have a prize pack of local businesses, gift cards, and just some other fun stuff. But the idea is it's a fundraiser. We're, we're raising funds. We're providing some birdhouses to the community. And, you know, we've got birds this time of year that are um, – that don't migrate that are here for the winter and we all know how cold it's about to get here real soon so it's a way to provide uh, birdhouses and uh, raise some funds for nature's nursery get people involved hopefully entertain some kids that are virtual learning i like it i like it a lot it reminds me of um when we when our when our crew would do fantastic and there were some professional uh sand castle builders there and i'm like like just give it to them like they should have been banned from the competition but whatever fun and raising money and all that nonsense yeah you know we've got the white house uh police department is taking on the white house fire department they've created their own little you know subcategory of the battle of the bird houses they've just been they've been they've been doing some mudslinging and um it's just all in friendly fun competition but i'm really excited to see what people come up with with these bird houses good um, and how can people get involved to to uh, to build the birdhouses, like website, Facebook stuff, all those things? Yep, it's on our Facebook, and it's on our website, naturesnursery.org. Um, we're asking people to register to build it before September 15th, and then they have until the 11th to, to actually build it. They'll be on display at Pub and Grub, which is a little cool little restaurant out in White House, and people can come in and see them in person there, and then they will be able to um, you know bid on them on the online auction. Look at you flexing your marketing muscle. Well done. I uh, know. Tying in some local businesses that, uh, you know, could use some additional traffic. For sure. Restaurants are still struggling right now. Get some people in there to check it out. And then we're going to do a little dine-in night there as well and have a couple um, of the birdhouses that are going to be live auctioned that evening. So, yeah, it's kind of a multifaceted little fundraiser we're doing. They've got to register by the by the 16th of September and then build by October 11th? Register by the fifteenth of September. Build by October eleventh. Got it. Okay. Last question. Having been there, are you going to build one? No, I, I, I am. I'm not crafty at all. I'm very good at cleaning when I have to. I'm a very good cook, but building is not my thing. Maybe you need to put down the video games and watch some YouTube on how to build a birdhouse. Um. I don't think either of those are going to happen because one, I like my video games. No. I'm, I'm very picky about them, and I don't. 
there's two reasons I don't do TikTok. One, I have no rhythm, so I can't dance. Two, I don't like watching videos, like, at all. I would rather read something than watch the video about it. Fair enough. Okay. Last Come out and see the fox and we'll talk I about it. I will. Lenny. Lenny the fox. Lenny the fox. Last question. Since you've been there now, have you, and I probably asked you this before, have you become more familiar and have you become more familiar or intrigued with the diverse bird population we have here? We, yeah, we have a ton of birds. I'm not, that's, that's an odd question, but yeah. Okay. Cause we, we have a lot of birds. When I, when I lived downtown, I didn't, I didn't see anything. I didn't even see squirrels. And then I moved to where I am and they called me like a Disney princess for all the animals I experienced. And there's a couple of bird feeders out behind my place and all kinds of animals would visit. I've seen blue jays and there's hundreds of robins and there are mm-hmm. s- several cardinals. Um, and the car- I put peanuts out for the squirrels and whoever else. And the cardinal is always too late to get the peanuts. And then he cocks his head to the side and looks inside. He's like, bro, where the- where's the good stuff? So, Well, yeah. We have some- Make sure you spread your, spread your nuts around so everybody gets them. Mm, there you go. I got a fox joke in. You got a nut joke in. Good for you. <laughs> All right. Well, it was good. Oh, uh, two last things. Uh, what's mom life been like getting the kids back to school? Uh, you the, know, the living room, I, I guess. I, if it's hard, if it's hard for me as a mom, I just I feel for these teachers and the building administrators. And I mean, I don't know how they even had a summer. Their mind had to be constantly on figuring out how this was going to work. But, right. Um, so I feel like my, my complaints and my woes are, are minimal compared to what the schools are dealing with. But it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge, and I think it's, it's additionally hard this, going into the new year than it was in the spring when the, the teachers were already familiar with the students because now they're, they've got new students that they've just met, and they're trying to get to know them virtually. It's just difficult. It's very difficult. It, um, is there it's a not s- ideal, but, you know, is there a everybody's single- got, to, got to work through it. Is there a single silver lining at all? That this isn't a forever thing. If we can all just keep focusing on the fact that this is not a forever thing. There you and, go. Uh, you know, give give the kids, celebrate the small victories. Yesterday we went and got a slushie because my son got through school without crying. <laughs> and, and that's all, that, that was our victory for the day. It was worth it. And I think many, many kids were like, Mom, you did it. You got it through my day without crying. And there's that too. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing, how, cause I don't know anybody at Levis anymore. And if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine, but it's not like this podcast is going out to millions, hundreds, but not millions. Um, how's Levis, how's Levis doing? Yeah, retail in general took a major hit with all of this, yeah. um, just having to be closed. And then you have the fact that Levis is, is collectively anchored by restaurants instead of a big department store and the restaurants. We're, you know, having to seize operations and, and work through all the regulations. So I think they're doing, they're not doing any worse or better than other retail in the, in the area. Um, you know, they had some closures that were, that were bound to happen even prior to COVID just because retail on a national scale has been struggling for the last few years. Yeah. But um, they, you know, I, I do know, still do still talk to some people out there and they're working through it and doing what they can to like everybody else, you know, you just yeah. got to adjust yourselves and keep flying and make it work. Uh, I went out to benchmark there. It must've been got over like, like six weeks or so ago. And I had always wanted to go and I want to go to the, uh, the pizza wine bar that's next to it. But one thing, oh, yeah. one thing at a time and benchmark was phenomenal. Like my favorite restaurant here, uh, pound for pound is, is registry. Um, but mm-hmm. benchmark is, is right there. I have not been to chop house. I've heard it's good, but expensive. And I was very pleased with the quality of meal that I got from benchmark and, and the price that it was. Yeah. Benchmark, benchmark is great. Uh, a, you know, for a local restaurant, they they're on top of it. Basil, there's just, Basil, they, love it. is common just in general has some great restaurant choices. And the uh, the draftcade opened up. Uh, Nadia re- restyled that thing over there, so hopefully that thing works out. Yeah, another another um, example of just you know working through the changes and and pulling together and making it work. However, I'm sure like she and her crew over there uh, 
we're gonna do this anyway, but it's like because like we were talking about uh, on the show back in the summertime. It's like when restaurants do open back up, Dave and Buster's. Like, does somebody stand behind you and clean every game after you're done? And I guess that's applicable to the DraftKings too. But it's not like they could shut down the idea midstream. So, right. Yep. I think it was just to pull forward and keep going through with it, and you know, make whatever adjustments you need to. Yeah, and it's a cool idea, and that was always a great spot there as well. I love that little that little sector section of restaurants past the water fountain at Levis Commons. It's such a cool little area. Yep, the entertainment district. It's. Yes. I think there's a lot more potential, and as from what I understand, there's there's some more uh, plans being made for that area. Um. That's good to know because I was thinking about you a couple of weeks ago. Floyd and I both were when we saw that the Dora got passed. Well, it got oh. it, <laughs> what? Uh, it was like yes, yes, yes. What, are you frustrated? It did. I'm happy. I'm very happy for downtown Perrysburg. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think it was timing. Um, a lot of it was just timing. Um, and I. I would still love to see Levis get it if they can, you know, get a waiver and allow two in the city. I think. I think they places, will. Like, it makes sense for both places to have it. This is like the dam is broken now, and and now you don't get to see. Now you don't get to be the old stodgy council person or stodgy business owner that says this is going to bring nothing but heathens and drunkenness. Mm-hmm. Like Toledo has been the perfect example. It got to, and now like these things are everywhere. And I said on the air when when this thing passed a couple of weeks ago. You're get, Levis will get one somehow, some way. It won't be that far off because it, it only makes sense. People are not being irresponsible. Well, they're still allowing to go alcohol, right? I mean, that's still a thing that they're, started back when when the shutdown occurred. So if you're already taking it home, right? You're you're taking it in what I don't know. It, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a gradual baby step towards. But that's going to be the end result. Yeah. The Dora thing is just going to be in all those kind of like every, areas. Like almost everywhere where there's some kind of restaurant and retail. And it, it would be a great way to help out all these all those businesses that have struggled so much for the last six months. So it, it it's like a, it's, a, it's a no-brainer for me. Now I'm just curious to see how long it's going to take downtown Perrysburg to get this thing moving. Because you're, you're running out of nice days. This is true. And it sounds like they've got some things they have to get in place and organize before they can launch it. And at the very least, there's a lot of signage requirements from what I recall researching that have to be, you know, signs have to be ordered and with certain language and clarifications as to the boundaries of the whole thing. So, well, but you know what? Um, I don't think the weather will stop people from walking down the street and enjoying some wine. It would stop Taking me. Taking a little stroll this winter. Um, but no, you're right. I'm it, a, I don't like the cold either, so yeah, I'm kind of yeah, 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 but yeah. I, I know. I haven't seen you post any, like, uh, uh, what's the witch's movie meme? The witch's movie meme? I don't With know. Bette Midler. Somebody's going to punch me. But, yes, I haven't seen any fall nonsense for, from you yet, and good for you. I'm holding on to summer as long as I can. I always do. Yeah, me, me too. And and I, I don't mind fall. I like fall. I just don't like what comes next, and then it thank stays you. forever. I thank you forever. I I have zero problem with fall. October is one of my favorite months of the year because I love all things Halloween. But it's like you realize fall is simply like the pregame for the devastating winters that we usually mm-hmm. have. Yeah, and then it's here until March, April. This year was okay Never- though. If there was one, like, if there was a silver lining of the pandemic when it got going, it, like, True. it, it was weather was good. It wasn't super cold deep into April. It was just kind of gray and 50, but that's a lot better than 32 and four inches of snow on April 15th. It was warm enough to kick my kids outside for an hour at a time without getting any phone calls from CSB or whatever. So it, it was, it was definitely made the whole situation a little easier. Well, good to chat with you. We'll uh, we'll do it again you soon. Too. And I'll uh, I'll my schedule once the schedule switch settles in, I I will come out maybe as early as next week. Is is the like midday okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anytime. You let me know. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Thank Bye. You. All good for today. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Another one tomorrow morning. Hopefully, fingers crossed with Floyd and Alex bright and early in the morning. Bye.